Hello, and welcome to The Stacks. No. Wait a minute. This isn't The Stacks. I got confused because all of The Stacks are here, and Honorary <coughs> Stack himself, of course, Vaughn. But no, it's an episode of I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things. Today we're going to primarily spoil John Wick 4. Um, no tagline. I'm still annoyed about that. No subtitle, sorry. Still still annoyed about that. I feel it should have had one. Um, we need to return to a time of subtitles and films. Like Bong Joon-ho wanted when he talked about that at the Oscars. I presume that's what he spoke about. Yeah. Um, people getting used to subtitles. I'm pretty sure that's what he meant. Yeah, two-inch um, subtitle so, below the film's yeah, title. Yeah. <laughs> yes, every, every film <laughs> title needs a two-inch subtitle. That's exactly what I was talking about. So, I am Stephen. Um, I am joined by Vaughn. Hi, Vaughn. Hi, it's me. I'm Ian McShane's teeth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're trying bold new things today, apparently. Um, and yes, Ian McShane's teeth in the shape of Vaughn. Um, and also with us is Jack of the Stacks and wider Jack fame. Hi, it's me, Jack. I'm the man who gets pissed on by the dog. Oh, nice. Oh, man, we've spoiled the movie already, because if you haven't watched John Wick 4... I mean, I, I guess you got the Ian McShane's teeth reference, because you're like, I knew that Ian McShane had teeth. <laughs> had teeth. Not really dogs a, dogs not piss really on a, people all the time. So. Not, not really, a, not really a, a twist in the movie. Um, no. Okay. But they're the, very shiny. Um, I'm Sacrica. Sure. Okay, you're a building. Yeah. Stephen's a location Sacrica. today. Nice. You, know, you know what? I'm the Pompadour. I'm, I'm the Pompadour <laughs> Centre, which is sadly not in the movie, oh, okay. but almost is. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, one of my many cinema sendings for the movie. I'll get to <laughs> one of them later. One of them involves a Osaka train station, which I have a bit of bee in my bonnet about how it's represented oh, in the movie. God, we'll get course, to that later in my How go. Does a Film Represent Places I've Been To segment. <laughs> which I'm going to base me being there for a little bit on this movie. And clearly I'm right, the movie is wrong. So, as anyway, always. we're going to talk about John Wick 4. As always, as always, we're going to talk about John Wick 4. Um, but we're going to get some other movies out of the way. Yes. First. Let's talk about some movies we start with. that we don't like before we get to a movie that we do like. Um, let's start uh, with... Ooh, ooh. Um, well, some of some people in the call like the movies, but we'll get to that. Oh, you're right. Sorry, Jack. Here we go. Here we you. go. <laughs> Fisty cups yeah, on sorry. the mics. Let's Come on, let's let's get a bear that does the, drugs. The bear so I watched the a movie today of no bears, and it was really really good. And I decided that the only movies with bears are bad. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Grizzly Grizzly Man. Can you can you name? Oh crap! The music. Awesome. Mm. All right, no bears in the title. Bear movie, and then straight straight. Mm. True. Is oh, bro, brother bears okay? Right? Brother bear two. Brother bear for a long time. Brother <laughs> <laughs> bear two. Brother bear two. Brother um, Bear 2 is the uh, the Terminator 2, you know, the Godfather mm. 2 of the Brother Bear franchise. Um, but we're not here to talk Brother Bear. We're here no. to talk Crazy Bear. So, what? Jack. What the hell does he just called say? That's what it's called in France. Oh, okay. Crazy France, Bear. The film is called Crazy Bear. <laughs> They've crazy never bear. heard of cocaine. No cocaine exists in crazy France. Crazy Bear. <laughs> no, the film is called Crazy Bear. And we've lost our French content. Yeah, note to myself to isolate <laughs> Stephen's French accent. <laughs> crazy Bear. Yeah, so... um. So if you do look at my letterbox, you'll note that I am using the Crazy Bear poster because <laughs> it's Crazy Bear is a better title for a movie than Cocaine Bear. People keep saying, like, oh, what a great title. I'm like, no, you could have called Crazy Bear. I don't think Cocaine Bear is a good title. I don't um, think if so. If it was a bear made of cocaine, I'd be more interested. But no, it's not a bear made of cocaine. It's a bear that takes cocaine. <laughs> and, well, Jack, you love this movie. Tell us about it. It's probably <laughs> my, my favourite film of the year so far. Um, I, I've seen one film that's called <laughs> Cocaine Bear. 
Okay. It is oh, Elizabeth. Crap, John Wick Four podcast. <laughs> gonna break it. This uh, Elizabeth Banks uh, web sketch blown up to ninety minutes that I'm embarrassed. Uh, I web sketch is that a, I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I like, but I'm I'm me and I'm honest and I laughed and <laughs> I apologise to everyone who was waiting on you know. Sorry if you're offended by the cocaine bears, thanks, Jack. <laughs> Sorry, you know, snowflakes, <laughs> but sometimes bears want to do cocaine. cocaine. Snowflakes. <laughs> and I the wanted to do cocaine, Jack. I don't know if the bear wanted to. I, I mean, uh, you watch the movie very closely. The bear was not really into it. It's 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 a big puppet. It's fine. It's not real. It's not real. It's just it's just a bear. Funny, it was a big puppet. That, 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 I mean, far be it for me to critique the film that you feel so fondly to cocaine bear or mm. crazy bear to use the original title um, the original but, title <laughs> but yeah thank you to use the original french um the the language of crazy bear um i actually watched it in french to really get the feeling for the original rhythm of the language that can't be um, true but no it was not true um but thank you for calling my blood um, so <laughs> i if it was a puppet i would like the movie more mm. because like this could be a at least a practical fun let's solve much like jaws is let's have a shark let's have a kind of like mechanical yeah. shark and obviously there's loads of stuff about you know the shark doesn't work etc etc mm. there is something practical and interesting there i think the fact this is just like wobbly cg bear mm. i prefer that obviously to a real bear i don't think we should be using real animals <laughs> sure. i love it in rrr when the tigers look crappy <laughs> that makes it more enjoyable genuinely and that's the aesthetic whereas the the wibbly wobbly cartoon bear of cocaine bear is kind of like representative to me of like how it doesn't really commit to its only bit yeah it's it is like a weird like uncanny valley thing of like it's not like Mm. you can't enjoy it being bad and it's not quite good enough to be like this is just real like it's just not it doesn't doesn't really work it doesn't quite fit into the world so this is my theory based on what i wrote about um forgetting that the movie is actually called crazy bear um (laughs) which it is Um, sure how inherently amused are either of you by the title Cocaine Bear? Uh, not at all. Uh, I've got a little, sm- I've got a little smirk on my face. Maybe that's me. I think that's the thesis yeah. of the film. If, if well, the, the yeah. film itself is ninety minutes of that poster and that title, that's yeah. you know, it's printed on the T-shirt. That's what you want. That's what you got, baby. <laughs> Get in line. Yeah, it is. So, it is a very singular premise, and there's really it, it's very clear pretty quickly that there's not really anything else that it can do other than the bears no. on drugs. But mm. then it does try to do other things with really diminishing returns, oh, yeah. as like it is a bunch of like pseudo improv characters mm. and like let's do a scenario. It, the whole film just feels like let's do a scenario, let's do a scenario, and now there's some kids there, and I'm like, and and, that, and they can do some drugs, and we'll have that as a running joke, <laughs> and this guy wants to get rid of his dog, or does he? And now that's a running joke. I'm laughing. Stacking I'm laughing. Really, really, <laughs> really half-formed characters who no one seems to really, really care. Mm. And yeah, if you titter at the title, um, you'll enjoy it because mm. it is that. And if you find the title like me, actually, like uh, no. Um, it, yeah, it is. It is how much of a how much you would give to haha drugs, and I'm not a haha drugs person, and this is a haha drugs movie. Um, what I do want to ask is, and I'm sure this is similar to my answer here. Have both of your non-film friends been just hitting you up about this film constantly? Surprisingly, no. I I just don't think my film friends really? even care about Cocaine Bear. Only my hardcore die-hard cinephile friends have ever ever mentioned <laughs> Crazy Bear. I no. Well, what about you, Vaughn? No, I. Maul's coworkers have like she kept coming home and like talking about how everyone at her work has been like 
had been like talking about cocaine bear because they were really excited for mm. it so like to me i could tell like okay maybe this is just I mean, a movie for, for the record mole does work at a drugs company it's that <laughs> one Yes, yeah, she doesn't make cocaine, she makes pharmaceuticals. But... <laughs> no bears, no bears, no bears, no bears, Jaffa up and I. Just to clarify. Seal. No bears. Uh, I, feel like it's, I feel like it's had more of an impact just on, like, Twitter and web spaces. The yeah. same as that um, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey movie yeah. that's maybe out now that is probably I've been bad, asked but... by several, like, friends of mine that like film but are not, are not. Cineasts, um, about if I'm going to watch the film Cocaine Bear, if I'm excited about Cocaine Bear, what do I think about Cocaine Bear? I've have been reached out about that film more than any That's, film since. I was going to say the, all, all the all the podcasts and reviews you've done and people have ignored <laughs> for years, but now they're clamoring for the Stephen Cocaine Bear take. No, genuinely, every now and then I'm reminded that there's like a subset of people that I've known in the past that just read the stuff that I write but mm. don't really interact with it yeah. until there's like a movie that is like. So are you going to cover this? And I'm like, okay, I didn't know you were reading. Cool. Nice to hear from you. Um, <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Sorry. Um, so yeah, crazy bear. Crazy bear. I think um, like the interesting which... thing is that even though I've heard about all of those people like at her workplace who are interested in this movie, I don't know how many of them actually went and saw it. Like I don't, mm. I haven't heard any follow up of like, those, oh, then they all went and saw it and they loved it. Like it seems like it was just this movie where everyone was so interested in the title because it was a crazy title and it's quote unquote based on a I true mean, it story. It is called Crazy Bear. So it is it's called a crazy, crazy Bear. Crazy title. Um, but then I don't know if anyone actually was like, okay, now I'm going to go see this because mm. <laughs> you already know what Calvin's it is. Calvin's wonderful review kind of alluded to that. that there was clearly like a crowd that they're being like, yeah, okay, Ben. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, actually, this turns out there isn't much of a movie here. <laughs> no, turns out yeah. Cocaine Bear does not a movie make. Um, unless you're Jack, and we respect different opinions on this podcast. Um, <laughs> unless Vaughn obviously expresses it, then I berate him for right, exactly. an extended period of time. Um, but for now, we're okay about that. Um, do you think that in an attempt for Jeff Arpanahi to get more <laughs> um, clout to his movie, he's going to rename yeah. it or distribute it under a different yeah, name. Think, so, like Cocaine no Bear cocaine Two, bear. No, a different name. No Cocaine no, Bear. No, 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 no. Sober Bear. No, 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 no. no, no. And it's, it's, believe me, I'm glad you haven't said my joke yet because dare I say it's better. Um, <laughs> well, we'll be the judge of that. In the same way, <laughs> no, you will not. Um, so, you know, we alluded to earlier by we, I mean me. Um, the John Wick not having a subtitle mm. is a shame. So, in the Bring about subtitles. Re-release No Bears as No Bears, colon, only cocaine. Can you insert, like, crickets into the bears? Uh... <laughs> Thunderous laughter. <laughs> I was like, how oh, pause, pause, pause your podcast the, and just the best silence on podcast. <laughs> that silence was added. They Vaughn just cut I, out. I, I hope that so silence, I hope that silence was long enough that someone had, like, people had to, like, check their phones and make sure the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. is oh, still That funny. silence you added in, Vaughn, when everyone laughed so much about No Bears, yeah. only cocaine. Yeah, well, it's not my fault that I'm a genius. Um, so that's 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 Cocaine Bear. Um, Vaughn, what's the next movie? Oh, crap. I know what the next movie is. Ugh. Did you actually just forget? We talked about it like an hour ago. It's only two movies. <laughs> it's two movies. Yeah. yeah um, they're not very good. Speaking of forgetting no, movies. Um, <laughs> this movie, thankfully, is not Jack's favorite film of the year so far. Um, let's it's talk second, about... Second favorite. Yeah, second, second favorite, number two. <laughs> let's talk about Scream 6. Or Screevy. Mm, Screevy. Yeah. Screevy. Screevy. Um, um, we never got round to doing a podcast on on Five Cream. We were going to, Five and cream. then we we both kind of like so... 
Yeah, I think it was like staggered releases and just neither of us were Mm. super enthused to talk about it um, and just kind Mm. of it. Yeah, what did you guys had too much time passed? Did you did you like Uh, five? Five cream. I don't like five. I don't like five. I think five five cream is is bad cream. I'm about Um, the same on both, really. I think five cream might be the worst of the creams. Really? I think three is the worst. I mean, uh, maybe I, actually, I three just, is really bad. I'm not it's, really it's a big. Five or three. I'm not a big scream guy in general. Like, I like the first one. Not even then, scream. No, no, the first one is good. I love the okay. first film, and then after that, I just we get it, and it's just it's just rehashing yeah. the same you, sort of you, ideas. You are, you are right, and it is a boring critique to make, and like I, people have have mocked me good naturedly for all my scream reviews being just like the same of sequels don't work and i'm like yes well i'm gonna keep saying that because Hmm. sequels to scream don't work they just inherently do not work because the whole point of the first scream film is that it is genre breaking genre defining Hmm. and it is out of this box and the more you continue that the more you lose that and it feels need to do that every slight meta thing here becomes a convention as opposed to a break of convention and it becomes lost in itself and i think the most um telling point in screevy is when they do the speech on what's going to happen in the film, yeah. because it's a scream film of mm. what are the rules. And I know that it's a joke, but the film they lay out in the speech is more interesting than the actual film that happens. <laughs> of right, they talk about things. There is arguably a decapitation in the film, arguably, but kind of not really. Yeah, not really. And they're like, there could be a decapitation. You're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And like, main characters might die, and this is a spoiling podcast. I can say they don't, but they kind of like comedically don't die. And like, no, you are dead. You are definitely dead. Yeah, they comedically don't twist. die, but I don't yeah. feel like it leans into them not dying yeah. very well. It's just like, and then they all survived, and you're like, Good. okay. Mm. Like, it doesn't really like make a joke thought. out of it. Like, if you're going to go that direction, I think they need to lean into it way harder than they do. But I that kind of really goes for most because, of them. So, my wife um, enjoys horror movies, um, but, you know, I'm going to give away random personal information, so apologies. She's not listening, it's fine. Um, in, in, enjoys horror movies, but also doesn't like getting anxious about stuff, which makes sense. Um, so a thing that she will do is she will like look up what happens in the movie and that allows her to enjoy it more. So she had looked up what had happened in, in Squeevy and therefore did enjoy it more, but still didn't like the movie. Um, so at a point she was like, so who do you think the killer is? And I was, in my head I'd been like, well, I think I know who it is. Like, I think it's pretty obvious who it is. But then a plot point happened that went, well, it can't be them <laughs> because, because the character was dead. So it... it, it it can't have been that person because they wouldn't have killed their own daughter so that doesn't really make sense and then the film just goes yeah you know the the daughter actually just wasn't dead in no way you could predict it no in no way that like yeah. was it all, it's, yeah, it's that it's classic not Sherlock Holmes moment of yeah, yeah. oh I grabbed a waterfall when I was fine yes like, yeah, okay, yeah. No. the Sherlock Holmes method of you think that they've laid out parts for you to piece it together <laughs> when in fact he's been planning it all over there in a different corner yeah. telling you different things Yes, right. I was I was very frustrated by that. Since that, that's kind of like the gimmick, and it, all the marketing was around like who's the killer, and had that brilliant like guess who poster. Be like, which one is it? Well, like one of the killers is on this poster. And you're like, well, I guess they are. Um, but uh, right, like it gets to a point where it's like, well, now just most of the characters are the killer, and it's like it's just not mm-hmm. interesting when you're because it doesn't feel like it lays it out in a clever way. Like you're saying, like it's not like you get to that point and you go, oh, that makes sense. You just kind of get to that point and you're like, okay. Also. It was so reliant on the previous film, and the oh, yeah. previous film was so forgettable, mm. and I did not want to rewatch it beforehand. And two of the characters, if they hadn't, I'm actually glad they kept making that core four jokes. I was like, I would have said the other two were in the previous movie. Absolutely, I like, did not 100%. Know. So for a while, I was just like, well, these, this is the gang, right? And I was like, oh, 
oh, of course the two new characters are the killers. Like, of course they are. <laughs> but at the beginning, I was like, I presume they were in the previous film. I don't really remember. Like, why else would they be there? And I was like, I would have been way suspicious earlier if I thought, oh, yeah, you are just random new characters. Um, the opening is good, though, right? The opening yeah, the is opening. the movie that I wish the whole thing was. Good that, short That, that good sequence short is film. way more interesting. Mm. And way more creative, way actually generally surprising, does interesting mm. things, and promises the ghost-faced... Ghost-faced... Um, Stalking the streets of New York, which you want from James right. Manhattan. Yes, exactly. Movie, yeah. You don't really get do, a lot like, of New York in this uh, New York movie. It's you get such a bad New York subway. Movie. Yeah, it's filmed in Ontario, like Ontario. Like it's yeah, just not even. Exactly. You've, it's just you've like, been to New York. Yeah, I I have not. I've been to Old York quite a lot. Um, <laughs> but we were watching this, and Emma and I were like, "There's no way, right, that that kind of college campus just exists in the center of New York. That looks like New Englandy, kind of like Bostony, kind of yeah. like." This is spread out, right? Cambridge and I mean, land. maybe you could, you know, go to like the outer parts of New York. But I'm, ass- I mean, when yeah. you say this movie is in New York, you're assuming it's exactly. Manhattan. You're thinking and this is it's clearly Times not Square, <laughs> right? Do you reckon, like every time they said New York, they went state. <laughs> it's said in New York, state, um, and you're like, yeah, great. yeah. There's even that poster where Ghostface is like in Times Square with the knife and everything, and it's like they, no, yeah, they establish these expectations, and then it doesn't deliver on any of them at all. And it's even like Jason takes Manhattan does that yeah delivers Jason on the expectations a long, to a degree yeah very no, long boat ride Times Square. He's, he's, he yeah, no, Times Square. He's, he's walking yeah. down yeah. you know he's, he's he's causing mischief on the on the streets on the sidewalks there yeah and it has a subway bit like that movie i, I did not expect to leave screevy and go you know what jason takes manhattan is a better movie than this. <laughs> <laughs> i would rather watch jason takes manhattan you're right mm. um yeah yeah, I, I think just the real frustration is that opening scene, like establishing something that actually feels refreshing and novel and interesting, and then immediately like yeah. goes out of its way to cut that off and say, "No, we're not doing that. Let's go back to the really conventional thing that yeah, you're expecting." Just rehashing and just yeah. as legacy characters, I just don't want them. I don't. Want I thought them at we were all. past I don't that. like yeah. the stuff. I thought Scream yeah, I mean, was yeah. kind of we're moving past this point now, but then yeah no and it's this weird blend of like it's using the legacy characters from the franchise but it's also acting like characters from the last movie are legacy Our characters legacy like as well and yeah. it, it, it pretends because it's kind of just redoing scream 2 and it pretends like the killer from five whose name i don't even remember her boyfriend <laughs> is like yeah. this this big figure that we're supposed to care about and it's supposed to be crazy that his family are in on it now and i'm like i don't care it's not the same as billy loomis being the Which... killer and then his family like being part of the legacy it's just not the same thing i don't care about these these characters they don't have the same impact this to me goes back to how deeply contextual films and our experiences of them are of like nothing is like in- inherently bad it's what the film is doing because thinking about john wick 4 no subtitle there are so many points in John Wick 4 which is like, this was happening the whole time, by the way. This new character exists. This person mm. would have been friends with this person this whole time. In a way yeah. that has never been like Telegraph and Michelle right. But is so in keeping with what that film is doing and allows that film to be in like top gear constantly. Yeah, it's just like, pick it up and run with it. The stakes set up facilitate this film to be good. And the hackneyed bits of Screevy do not facilitate to be good and are just annoying so it is just a, a double lose so right like there's cool. no there's Thumbs no down, sense here that like we're in like a heightened world where that stuff is believable like yeah. when it just throws these things in you're just kind of like well that's not really congruent with the franchise that has been mm. established and the first film which has never really quite been met before yeah 
And stabbing should mean something. And when the first scene, which we'll keep going back to, is effective because there is a pretty brutal kind of like knife murder out in the street. And then later it's like, I stabbed someone 25 times and they're fine. Um, I also thought it was just a very boring functional slasher. I thought it was shot really uninterestingly. Way too close all the time. No kind of like Mm. visual suspense. Just really, really dull filmmaking. So big, big thumbs down. Jack, do you want to briefly talk about Captain Marvel? No. <laughs> Shazam 2. Shazam Fury yeah. of the Gods. Um yeah. so you didn't see Shazam 1, did you, Stephen? I did I saw Captain Marvel, but not Captain Marvel. Okay, well that's just great. Zeb Vaughn, <laughs> you saw you saw the first Shazam. Yes, I, a, I have seen a, the first Shazam. It's it's, it's all a right. relatively it's, yeah. it's a pleasant dynamic. It's childish because it's working with children. And the main problem with this film is you know, like that the, the children have grown up and the movie is still trying to pretend that we're in this like oh, family-friendly yeah. kid world and um, what's his name? Zachary uh, Zachary Levi is still yeah. playing the same he's sort a, of... He's a COVID denier or something, isn't he? There's something. something there, there, was, there was some tweets that were either taken out of context or, you know, whatever, but yeah sure um i don't know what he is but he is embarrassing himself a lot recently he is he is really he is like <laughs> oh, e-begging. He is so begging. he's like don't trust don't the critics just pay money to go see it don't see john wick um, the john wick's not for your family <laughs> yeah but i don't think this is for your family it's, it's we watch John Wick every Christmas what do you say <laughs> I would love that there's a big war between the Shazam household and the John Wick household <laughs> Jesus it's like um, Ford versus Chevy basically it's it's the worst parts of these most recent DC films for me like it falls into the same category or as like Black Adam which I think you both saw as well yeah I did not see Black Adam I know Stephen did oh but... I've skipped it's, it. I just I have no investment in DC, and I just, dare I say it's but, fine. But there's no the the DC films don't even have any investment in their own characters though. That's the right. thing. Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's really like, funny when Harry Cavill appears at the end of Black Adam. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did not stay for the post credit scene of Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Maybe he turns up again. Maybe Black Adam shows up. Maybe I don't even know who turns up. Maybe Michael Keaton's there in a little wig. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, Jamie, they could have put anything at the end of this movie. Maybe it's the whole no. maybe it's the whole Batgirl movie that they they It might binned. just be Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man might just <laughs> this be This is there. the yeah. final one. Like, like no one's no, going to see. Just just to see if anyone's checking. Nick no. Fury actually does walk in. I mean, it's also you like got... I don't even know what the state of DC is at this point like with James Gunn this is, taking this over is like... and they're like shaking things up. Like I don't know if any of this is you know, sticking yeah, or if it's just movies that are coming out. You know like Marvel movie coming out. Gunn's just about to be a big Marvel director. It's like the last week of school before summer holidays. Where you're turning up to lessons, you're not really doing anything. <laughs> That's the most recent like DC gotcha. slate. Because I think is this the last Turbo, one? You're watching Babe Pig in the I, City. Is, you know. is Shazam the last one before like the new slate in a couple of years? Think, or have they got more? Have of the, oh, no, the Flash. I don't know if they're actually put. Are, are oh, they actually God, putting that yeah. out still? I, I think so. People, no, they are, and people are excited about it because the Michael Keaton trailer stuff. People are like, oh yeah, I'll watch this <sighs> horrible person. I'll completely yeah, forget about the other things, you know. But yeah, <laughs> it's like the same thing with no way home where everyone's all excited about seeing andrew garfield and toby Maguire, and i was mm-hmm. just like it okay you know it's yeah, those movies still exist. now to get excited <laughs> about something yeah, that's that's all but uh, as you know everyone was really excited to see uh helen mirren and lucy lou finally oh, together yeah. in in uh, shazam fury of the gods uh helen mirren is like sleeping through this movie she is just cashing checks like it's quite funny 
um but overall it's just it's just a lot of nothing i mean there's uh, spoilers because this is the spoiling things podcast um gal gadot shows up and it just looks like a deep fake of gal gadot <laughs> it doesn't even look oh, like God. she turned up on set and like the director's been accused of like photoshopping like the ending of the movie and things jeez oh, it's messy <laughs> sounds great i'm off to the theaters tonight <laughs> that's screevy it's it's bad. That's Shazam. It's bad. That's mm. Crazy Bear. Jack loves it. Best film um, of the year, baby. <laughs> Jack loves it. So five bears. Um, there was a scene in John Wick Four post Parabellum. Um, Is that what you're calling where... it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, it, it, I really do. I know I'm joking. Well, I was going to say. I was, like was going to ask. What, really what cool would subtitles. you? What I would agree. you add to this with the content of the film that we've all seen? What would you then retroactively give this film a subtitle of? Like, it's got to be. Gotta be Latin. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I like What's the Latin that? thing. I don't know no, I don't know any Latin yeah. to like <laughs> to put a subtitle uh, on it, but uh, Carpe Diem. <laughs> John Wick for Carpe Diem. Perfect. Uh Postremus. <laughs> meaning like final. This is the final chapter. Oh. Okay. I forget you know Latin. Of course, um, and, and I just, don't have Google Translate open in the tab real just quick. throw that out. Yep. Um, very, very good. Except they're already um, backing down on this being anything final whatsoever, so... Well, that's because uh, the money the money chart yep. says this is doing well, so therefore we should make 45 more of these. It's so strange to me that that's coming as a surprise to anyone. Like, all of I these know. movies have been so like, successful. Like, mm. did they really think that this was just going to kind of release and disappear, and they've been doing all this marketing, and now they're like, mm. oh, wow, it's making like, money. This movie's long. That was like the, they're just never I, sure if long movies are going to get an audience. I don't yeah, know maybe. Because how long? Well, three wasn't like that much shorter, was it? Three is it like two, two, two and hours change. fifteen, maybe. Mm. No, two. Yeah, about two twenty. There is a big difference, though. Anything that goes over two and a half hours, yeah. even if it's only a little True. bit longer, you see how long the film is, and you go, "Oh, that's long," and you Doesn't see how long the it, thing you're spending in cinema. Um, no, it doesn't. Um, but before we get into how great this film is, because it's really, really good, I will say. Um, one, John Wick screenwriters, I really appreciate it um, that you built all of your set pieces in um, cities that I both love and have been to. So uh, a lot of time for that. A lot of time for that. Thank you very much. They did that just for you, Stephen. It did feel, it did, you know what, Vaughn, you laugh, did feel that way. However, um, I love Osaka. Love it. Brilliant city. Um, Osaka train station is one of the busiest places I've been in my life. Um, and every other train I went to in Japan the etiquette of getting on and off trains was just down to like a T of like that kind of like stereotypical Japanese politeness of just everyone goes on, everyone goes off. There is no hustle bustle. Osaka train station was the only place where they were just like pushing and like jostling, etc., etc., like a large amount. So um, when he just goes down into it and just get onto the train, I was like, ding, and I almost walked out of the movie. Well, it's the same in like sure. central Paris and central Berlin. There's no one about. This movie exists in another timeline yeah, where everything happens at night ding, and the ding, general public double, double, doesn't ding. exist. I mean, it's I... just assassin town. Everyone's yeah. an assassin. <laughs> no, no. I haven't no, been to me. Osaka like fancy Steven over here, mm. but it's true. I mean, it's it's pretty noticeable when there's only two people on a train in Japan like that, and I'm like, okay, well, there's no way. But I also just I'm like. <laughs> Fine, it's you know, that's whatever. <laughs> like, well, I still have standards for art. But, uh, <laughs> sure, I don't. I'm willing to accept that I don't have any standards. You're a regular crazy bear fan over there, you know. Um, John Wick Four. Okay, and let's do the the required reading. Um, the John Wick franchise one, two, three, and four. Yes. Um, yes. And 
also I guess we talk about like the John Wick genre, um, mm. genre Wick. Yeah. So your nobodies, your pigs, your mm. post John Wicks, your what was that film called? Was it called like Hotel Artemis? That uh, was like a is that an action movie? I know what you're talking you're about. I haven't seen the old guy. I didn't think that was like a fancy act, like, like a cool action movie. No, but it was like the hotel vibe was oh, clearly okay. like trying to be oh let's be the continental. Um, oh, John Wick. Okay, I feel that right. there has been a a, a tale of this. Of uh, John Wick influence cinema, which is interesting because John Wick itself, John Wick invented the hotel. Atomic Blonde, Hotel for Dogs. Um... Do you remember seeing the first John Wick? Yes. Yeah, I saw. I saw that in theaters when it uh, first came out in 2014. Same, Jack. Um, I think you originally want one because I read one of your reviews. Yeah. Um, of I think it was your Man of Tai Chi review mm. actually, which we should talk about actually, and you spoke about how it made you want to give the John Wick mm. films another chance. Yeah, I think so I what kind you mean of by that. Uh, this I saw them all relatively close together a few years ago. I'd sort of I'd seen the first one, and I just sort of like I wasn't really in the mindset of these films are for me when now when in fact these movies are very yeah. much are for me these days. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'd seen the second one, and I remember seeing the third one relatively close to release and being like, "This is silly, not for me." Um, and I think oh, so surprising to me. which is so strange now because I, over the past like three or four when was three came out like four years ago god um, yeah 2019 I've grown to appreciate so much about what these movies are and yeah. just seeing them at like in, in their own like column of genre cinema they are like cream of the crop in terms of what they're doing and so- how they do it and going back and revisiting one through three before four um, just like a delight uh, just to seeing how uh, Chad Stileski presents action in this way um, condenses very subtle storytelling into these grand action set pieces and um, got me very pumped for four and then I avoided everything yeah. for four and now we're here talking about four so I here's how I want to start the conversation I want us to talk through our feelings on John Wick 1 through 3 mm. um, and then I also want us to talk about because uh, I was really interested by a thing in Vaughn's review that I get to. I want to talk about our uh, kind of like wider action mm. like DNA. Yes. Yeah, sure, sure. Because obviously this is in this is from us is pulling very clearly from a genre of action, a subgenre mm-hmm. of action, and pulling some together. And we have different degrees of expertise here. And I was intrigued by a part of Vaughn's group gets that. So my John Wick one story is I went to go see it at the cinema when I was living in Birmingham. Um, Emma did not want to go see John Wick. Um, she was away that evening and I was like, I'll go see this movie. Um, hadn't really heard much about it and was expecting it was when I had that cinema pass to go see whatever yeah. I was just like I'll go see a minus action movie and I remember just then saw him that evening and I was like that movie was absolutely brilliant actually in a way that I was really not expecting yeah. and it made me sound really strange but the way I had articulated was and this could sound very strange, but the reason it's good is because he just repeatedly shoots men in the head, and <laughs> yeah. you don't expect him to do that. No, and that mm. sounds weird. And I'd never really thought about that until I watched John Wick, and like he shoots men in the head a lot. And well, for I, some reason, mm. that was really, really cool. That definitely I think, does feel like that's like the central conceit of John Wick One. Is it's like that's that that's the action is just like very pre- precise gun stuff. Um, which I think it changes a lot in the the later films. Yes. But I think that's such a great selling point of the first one. That's like very different from where a lot of other action they become gun fu, but the, yeah, 
Yeah, the, the first film is a little bit post-Raid, a little bit, mm-hmm. and then obviously there is wider Raid influences later, mm-hmm. and there's some Raid alumni on there mm-hmm. um, that pop up in the later movies. Um, but it is very much more of a, what if we took guns seriously? Which I know that this podcast coming around, actually, and I allude to this in John Wick 2 stuff, around times of, of gun violence, and that could happen at pretty much any time this podcast dropped, is an uncomfortable thing to mm-hmm. say and talk about. But I will say about the John Wick films is... They have an admiration for the athleticism and balletism of precision combat. Yeah. But they are not gun porn. They are I'd say even Atomic Blonde was a little bit more like gritty, weaponry yeah. obsessed. Um, yeah, I think so. Than the John Wick movies, which do talk about like there's a bit in John Wick Four which is like here's a gun blah and talks about it, but he talks about it like it's a fictional artifact, mm. like to go to what um Jack and I are playing at the moment Diablo like it's like some rare loot he's yeah, got yeah, Diablo absolutely. he's like this is a legendary weapon it, it feels more like that than it does anything else um, so that's John Wick 1 anything else to add about John Wick 1 Vaughn? Um, no I don't think so I just think I, John Wick 1's great it was such like a it's great it's such like a touchstone thing of like it really is this this kind of turning point for mm. like the perception of action movies in America I think specifically because obviously yeah. there's there's been action around the world and that's kind of um, persisted but i think there was like I mean, such a, i can help it but yeah <laughs> there was such like a lull in like in that stuff in in american cinema and hollywood cinema and it had become so boring and everything was you know yeah. the, the taken approach of these quick cuts that would cut <laughs> around the action yeah, so they could yeah. get away with just the laziest choreography and this coming out like was such yeah. a point of like oh like we can actually have like these really well executed well choreographed action movies where that's the focus and not mm. just like this really lazy filmmaking and not like an afterthought either because you get so many yeah. like uh, action adventure movies in like the mid 2000s early 2010s where you'll get like fight choreography or like big action set pieces but it's like a 20 minute 25 minute chunk of the movie towards the end um, right. you have some more yeah. like melodrama you've got like a romantic lead you've got like more uh you know run-of-the-mill comedy stuff throughout whereas these john wick films sort of streamline that process and be like no action can be the main course action can yeah. and can mm. deserve to be uh, the main focus and the main draw to these movies this might make me sound dumb in a podcast where I've sounded dumb a lot, but um, it was a film for me that made me really crystallise there is a difference between action movies and blockbuster movies, yeah, um, sure, which sometimes do overlap. And I, I, when I was teaching once, I was talking to some students that's about Marvel movies, and I was just like, man, if you like that stuff, like, because I think like um, Fury Road came up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Fury Road, and they're like, why do I watch that? I'm like, well, it's an action movie. You like action movies? And then they went, Avengers is not an action movie, and I'm like. No, it's. Uh, I it's guess a, it's. I guess it's, it's a, not. It's a political thriller. But, it's a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, that's. But that's in my head, I was like, I was like, well, you're watching these because it's action, right? And I was like, and then I realized that no, people are not watching those because they're action. People are watching those because of soap opera character storytelling and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I mean, like, a lot of blockbuster stuff, I think, like, blends so many genres that it kind of just doesn't, it doesn't really feel like, it. they're not, like, built into one specific thing. But it like a as, like, a main verb of, like, yeah. this is a thing that we do, but it is yeah. there as a thing, as a little kind of, like, spice on it, and it's not right. really focused about it, and that's but, why yeah. I like, and I, 
realised later that I do really like action movies, um, which is a thing that a few of us have, have... I mean, Jack's known for a long time, and mm. Vaughn's known for a long time, but a few of us in a little circle of friends are going to be like, oh, we yeah. like action. I think action's been tied in with the modern blockbuster for so long. You've um, kind of disregarded American it. American pushed it away. Like, Ooh, I don't mm. watch The Expendables. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I will again, say... I'm like, even... I want to rewatch The Expendables now. <laughs> I want to reassess. No. Scott Atkins is in them, baby. I'm there. How oh, is he? I mean, even in reference to <laughs> See, like, superhero stuff, like if you look at the right movies, like, I mean, I know like Steven and I are both big fans of, of, well, that's actually a good example as well, but I was thinking of more like The Winter Soldier where like that yeah. was very choreographed heavy. Also, Scott Adkins is in The Winter Soldier. Um, and but, like, that uh, was like chore- choreographed yeah. uh, action directed by a little man called Chad Stagleski who directed a few films called the John Wick Every movies. time you say <laughs> his second name, I think you're saying Gillespie. Chad Stagleski. Uh, he directed I'm Second like, Unit. Chad Gillespie, he, yeah, that me. <laughs> he directed uh, um, Second Unit for Winter Soldier, which people often yeah, it's say like, is the best action in the MCU. Yeah, it's it's when they I mean, it, when it, they actually like is. care about it and they actually put in the effort which they have mm. are long gone is got long gone now but yeah. like some of those movies they actually were like doing stunt forward stuff that was like really impressive and yeah. so it's like there there is some see. precedent for that but they've just completely abandoned it yeah annoyingly ant-man one and two actually have some interesting action because the possibility space of some of these yeah. characters actually facilitates something really interesting um brief pause or there is watch quantum mania and that's absolutely awful there you go that's our quantum mania coverage <laughs> good quantum podcast mania. it's awesome. worse than you worse than you would think surprisingly oh, yeah. like, not a movie like different levels of bad than even i was expecting uh, actually i was expected to maybe half like it and no i like the ant-man <laughs> But no, I wanted to like um, it. But anyway, John, John Wick, John Wick Chapter two. two, yeah, Vaughn. Oh yeah, Chapter Two. Chapter Two, yeah. So the same thing. I saw, I saw this on release in theaters, and I, I think like back then. I mean, it's it's been interesting revisiting them now, like Jack, because I've liked mm. them the whole time, but like I, my perception of them has definitely changed. Um, and I remember liking John Wick Two a lot when it came out, but kind of up until recently, like my repeated sticking point was kind of like the first one is still the best one like i felt like it was such a clean in example in my view that was yeah that was still like, the case interesting well apart from four actually it was such like a clean well executed thing and i felt like not that i dislike john wick 2 I, I still like it a lot um but to me i felt like chapter 2 was like more of the same but not in a way that like interested me at least back then like mm. i didn't feel like there was enough variance in the action in chapter two and i felt like this is kind of doing the same thing as chapter one but it's yeah. not novel this time so i'm not as interested in I, it so i think it's I great agreed. and i also like was more interested in at that time like let's leave the the john wick slash continental like mythos of this world like as as bare bones as possible and they really dive into right. it in chapter two and i was like yeah, yeah. i don't know how much i love this i think my opinion on that has changed a lot mm. but mm. that's kind of how i felt on release jack uh yeah on release again was not massively into these movies i think the way i watch action movies definitely changed uh, over the past couple of years so revisiting this one you notice uh, a step up in terms of like budget definitely budget wise yeah. from one to two and as Vaughn said it is quite similar to the first one in terms of how it is presenting the action but there is a as a sheen there is a a, a calculated mm. precision to how they actually put it on screen that i admire more in two i think i think one in the first one, they're still working some things out. They're experimenting, yeah. and then two is more of like a streamlined attempt at that. 
I have not seen this since the cinema. Mm. I liked it, but with reservations, I think my feeling is kind of articulated. I will say, um, ver- on a very anecdotal note, is I just my only really feeling about John Wick Two is I watched it at a time, and God knows what, where there was some kind of public shooting that had happened, and it was in mm. public, and there was a scene in John Wick Two where gunfire just like broke out in mm. public. And people just started running, and it kind of like broke the spell of that movie being yeah, in sure. this little scene. And I know I joked earlier about the Asaka stuff. But I do the thing that I like about the John Wick movies is they do feel hyper real and yeah. and, and fictional in that way. I really like the fake Bergheim sequence <laughs> in John Wick Four, yep. where people just continue dancing around. Exactly. Them. And it was a little bit a little bit ruined when they ran away at the end. Because I was like, I thought that's that was kind of the fun of like this is just they are. It's like a Street Fighter stage. They are there as the background. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, it's it's hyper real, but it's in a different reality. But once reality kind of sneaks in mm. and you have that moment of film, it's so hot. And I could, I just couldn't get out of that mode. I had like that one moment of being yeah. like, oh, I'm actually quite uncomfortable about mm. this now because of things, nothing to do with the film. And, yeah, sure, the film's sure, sure. and I just could not get back on board with it again. So that's really my only kind of like thought. It was, I was still excited for the third one, which I'll jump ahead. Third one, um, I really, really enjoyed. Um, loved. That's got the book killing in it because mm-hmm. it's got the book. It's got the knife museum fight. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I think maybe those two bits are... Uh, better than quite a lot of the stuff in John Wick 4 but John Wick 4 is, is better at doing brilliant stuff continually um, but I was eh at the end of John Wick 3 because I was ready for John Wick 3 to be cool let's close this off trilogy uh, okay, yeah. Yeah. and I also found the end quite confusing because Ian mm. Shane didn't have enough character to release yeah. it I was like Sell the, I don't the ending know don't know what you want me to think here phil because i i actually can't read the emotion here because i'm not sure about this character um they kind of like to really think about that and just go into the, into the fourth one but yeah sure. that's, that's three you two both love three um, i do yeah i'll three. say like one final note on two before we jump into Sorry. three like i feel like the other thing about two when it released is like that was like the height of like i mean you've mentioned it before but like the cinema sins like style of like how we uh, people would like approach films and mm. I think that was kind of like my approach at that time in whatever 2017 or whenever that movie that came out of like yeah. watching it. And instead of just enjoying it for what it was presenting to me, it was like, oh, well, this just is silly. Like I, this, I can't buy mm. any of this. Like, yeah, to yeah, me, yeah, like yeah. the first movie, even though it had like this underworld stuff, like the increase of the, the increase of the mythos to me it's like it put it into this place where i was like oh well now it doesn't feel like it's just an underworld thing that's like separated from the rest of society like now it is society and at the time Mm, i was like yeah i just didn't it didn't work for me and it's like now i can go back and appreciate it and enjoy it for what it is but like at the time i was like this is just too much um because i think i I wanted more of like the grounded feeling i think as weird as this sounds i I still think you're kind of right though but i feel that Three needs two to happen, but that still doesn't mean that it feels a bit silly in two. And then because two's done the groundwork, you're like, mm, in three, can... I'm now ready for this. And I think and then, that maybe yeah. like the jump from one to two is a bit weird because it feels like right. we're taking this backdrop and making it the foreground. But then because two's done the working out, you're like, in three, I'm okay with this. So I do think that there's a little bit of a stumbling at a two towers, which I do think is the weakest Lord of the Rings movie. Um, was on you need to do something in the middle to set up something more right. interesting at the end. 
But John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, your favorite mm. subtitle is there. It's great. It is great, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. I do like the introduction of the subtitle, and I do find it strange that they dropped it in this one. But Yeah, I wonder, wonder why There must is. be some marketing that says like, like subtitles don't sell films. Yeah, it's probably a studio note or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's too many words. We need to, I know the we need video to condense the poster. It. Right, okay. Like you look at like 2006, 2007. Like there are mm. so many video games that have subtitles. Like think about Uncharted, Drake's Fortune. Oh, yeah. was did, and then you've got like Resistance, Fall of Man, etc. Like, Uncharted Son. carried it on, um, but so many games I feel used to have subtitles, and they're like, and our sequel was just like, blah two and blah three. I like subtitles. I like subtitles too. I guess I guess part of that for like games is also like they just started rebooting everything and starting with like yeah. clean that like just this is the title now and it's not like a yeah, sequel yeah, anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jack, how do you feel about or how did you feel upon release of John Wick Chapter Three? Again, I just was not massively into it first time round. I think I watched it. Yeah, it would have been it around. Was, yeah, would have been was. around release, and just disregarded these as oh, these are just like silly action films with lots of gunplay and sword mm. fights and people on motorbikes that I don't mm. really care. And then I know, re- right? rewatching <laughs> it the other day, or like um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, there is a sword fight on motorbikes, and it's right. done with <laughs> such care and precision and such passion, yeah, yeah. and they take it I'll so seriously. Like it's just so imaginative. Um, and it never feels boring at any point. It's just so fast-paced, energetic, like Fury Road levels of like adrenaline behind the yeah. um, behind the action here. That I just I lap it up now, absolutely. But, but to go back, that two needed to happen. I feel like the ending of two is so damn good, but it's, it's only damn great. good because it mm. sets up because you know three is going oh, to I happen. See these movies. I remember like leaving two and being like, okay, the things about that I did not like, but man, I can't, can't wait for John mm. Wick three though. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the which, ending of three is, is cool. like, where, where, where are we going from here? Where, where's my man John? Yeah, like, I think the, the ending, ending of three, of three like, what? the ending of three works so much better in retrospect. But like yes. in 2019, when it came out, like seeing that, it was just kind of like, oh, I thought we were done and we're not. Like, and I want no, yeah. it to be done. Ian McShane wants not anticipating paycheck. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> But four does feel like it didn't need three to happen ostensibly. Of four could very much be the continuation of two. I, I no, feel which I think is. Oh, go on. Go ahead, Jack. I was just gonna say, like, I I think even though I watched them all in quick succession to prepare for four, going into four, I feel like it does sort of bring you up to speed in the entire world of of yeah. John Wick, and you could almost yeah. you could almost watch four as its own like standalone piece if you know like I think you could. The, it, it, there's it, a mythos of John Wick, you know the name John Wick, you are introduced to him in these punching bag elements, yeah. and you you get you get his character, you get the idea of him straight away. So we'll talk about the wider film influences on this and the action sense um but there are there's one hilarious non-action influence on john wick 4 which is lawrence of arabia which is really really funny <laughs> okay um, yeah it has this brilliant sure. opening it had, it, it, which is which is great it is but gorgeous, i do love yeah. the lawrence of arabia homage because one it's a good cinematic joke and it reminds you that dare i say like this is cinema by the way like you are here for something cinematic yeah um but it's a great way of coding to the viewer of encoding this is going to be a long film this is going to be true, a long actually. film yeah, subtle, about but... being long and it's going to be an epic this way of being like mm. you want because there is a pace to this film which is scene setting scene setting scene setting scene setting scene setting now huge action scene mm-hmm. scene mm. setting and it is like in three stages there's like per hour of the film there is like 
half an hour of scene setting, mm-hmm. about half an hour of action, and it gives equal time to both. And I made this metaphor in my review that it, it realises that a restaurant experience is different from having a meal. The action is the meal, mm. but the whole... Mm. The mise en scène, set dressing, <laughs> yeah, stuff absolutely. Yeah. Is, is is like is the the experience of being in the restaurant, and that matters. And that Lawrence Arabia bit at the beginning is a great way of signalling this is a certain style of pace and movie. It wants you to think of that film and be in that mode. So that's really cool. Mm. Um, another film that is pseudo action um, that is alluded to throughout are the Leone Dollars movies. Um, the spaghetti western trilogy yeah yeah so i would say as as a narrative it has most in common with a few dollars more because it has that whole kind of like warring mm, um, dynamic at yeah. the center of it that is that is very much like a few dollars more but there is the the grandeur of, in this film of um the good the bad and the ugly mm. in a way that i do really enjoy it has that sense of like fatalism and epic scale and scope and to go back to what vaughn's there which prompted that of you could watch the good the bad and the ugly without watching the previous two movies yeah. um it, it helps to watch the previous two because the character continues but in the same that john wick is basically the man in black man with no name mm. like it, they allude to it very clearly throughout um you could start with john wick 4 and be like this is an epic that films come before but it is an epic of its own hmm. yeah yeah i think so i mean yeah like jack said like it really does like it takes that first little bit to like set up like exactly what's happening you don't really need like even though you know the two of us like rewatched all of them beforehand like it just I it goes right into it and it's like here's what's happening whatever if you haven't seen the rest of them like this is the expectations mm. for this movie and you can kind of just pick the rest of it up as long as as you, as you go along and it does yeah, it very all, very well for all the intricacies and the lore of this world the the general story is just so simple that it is so quick and easy to grasp onto as soon as you, you land feet first into four you're just like okay there's a man mm. uh there's a man and he's being chased by other people okay got you and he's good at stuff got you nailed it let's go um- Listeners will not realise that I bristled physically at the word law because I'm, I have a, a long-established stance on I hate law, um, mm. as people know. Um, because I feel there are there are three different things. Um, one is set dressing, one is world building, and one is law. Mm. And law is kind of like the in-between the other two and it's just like fun trivia they throw out to like make it mm. seem like there is actually like a world here. World building is really interesting. I love it. I love things that actually have a sense of reality to them. And what I do like about the John Wick films is... They are not about law. It is just like aesthetic. Mm. It is yeah. That's a good way it to is put it. Cool yeah. background. Yeah, like I, you're right. It's not just like they never just say things to it's not enrich a world just... that doesn't exist. They are showing you things that are happening right in front of you, mm. and it, that enriches the world and you because you get this understanding of it. Like you're never just told things that are happening in the periphery. It's always happening right in front of you, and you go, oh, okay. Mm. Well, this character does this, and. Their part it's world the, stretching rather than world building right mm-hmm. like they they talk about the you know these films are all about the high table and that's what they're talking about and it's like this shadowy organization that's at the top but you're not just you're never getting information about the high table like without ever no. seeing them like it's we never like see them but the only yeah. right well, like the, the leader only, of them briefly the mm-hmm. only the only sense you get is when it is introducing things that are connected to them like they introduce in this film film the the marquee and like in chapter two mm-hmm. you've got um, I can't remember his name, but the the character who is like trying to get his way into the high table, and it's like you've got yeah, these rather. these moving pieces that are part of it, but it's never just saying, and this is happening, and think about that because it's happening over there. It's it's always happening right in front of you. 
One of my favourite cultural critics um, is Austin Walker, who you two may know of, but I'm not sure if you do. Um, he now works in like video game stuff um, and has a, like a long-running like tabletop game series. Um, he used to work for Giant Bomb um, and then worked for okay. Waypoint. Um, really fascinating dude, like really influential on my political viewpoints, and just like one of my favourite just like cultural critics in general. Mm. Um, and he is a storyteller and talks a lot about stories. And he says that he's always chasing for that memento moment. Which is that bit in Memento, that amazing scene where it starts with him running, and he goes, "Wait, why am I running? What's happening? What's that guy?" And he's always like looking for media right. that like grabs in that way. Sure. And I feel that John Wick seems to that being like, "Okay, here's a thing. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. Let's all stakes and go. Go. It's like, yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah. He's this guy's friend. Blah blah. Don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. It's and like it's the fine. It's happening. just like a yes <laughs> and thing. We're introduced into new characters that we've supposedly are the characters we've been with for four films have known their whole entire yeah. lives and we just run with it. We're like, hey, They're cool, best friends. Got, Don't worry about got, it. If you're friends with John Wick, I'm best friends with you too. Let's go. Come on, movie yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really like the the brilliant thing about like like you said, like the world building is like they and I think it was even like a specific note they had when they were making the first movie is like we're never going to show John Wick's actual past. Like we're starting mm-hmm. here at this point. And there is, it establishes right in that first movie that there is a very long history that he has that we are never going to get to see. And it allows you to, it allows the films to just introduce these characters and you go, well, he's from the past and I'm just going to believe it. I never saw that, but because of what's established, I'm just like, okay, sure. Donnie M was his best friend in the past and that's fine by me. (laughs) Uh, Because it's in the wider language of action cinema at work. You're like, yes, because I know extra textually that Donnie M is a martial arts superstar. It makes sense to me that he would be friends with John Wick because John Wick feels like a character. Which is why I'm so worried about all these spinoffs and continued films and things is how much backpack and how much are they going to try and fill in gaps and like uh the uh the three like episode the three episode series is set in like the 70s or 80s and it's like how much are they going to allude to john wick and try and fill out part of his like biography in this series which we do not want him do not want them to do originally because well, that was legitimately to make this again a quantum mania podcast that was so annoying to me about quantum mania that they had a plot point of they saved this lady from the quantum realm and now five years later like oh by the way i mentioned at the time this whole massive thing yeah, happened yeah. When I, was, I was like no it didn't yeah it didn't happen you can't tell me that it happened exactly. and that now suddenly it mattered and but john wick gets away with those kind of things because it is in keeping with the style right the propulsive the pace of this movie is rather than like a a story pyramid this is just a what if it just kept going up what if it just kept oh, going yeah. up it's an up, escalator up, 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 ever rising yeah full on escalator stairs you even get kicked down the stairs yeah, you get down several up, fucking up, times up up. 222 <laughs> steps <laughs> as a film it's really good it's so really, good. really good but um, like wide action so Vaughn when I was um, editing your wonderful review of John Wick which is really really detailed and it gives this lovely kind of like breakdown of, of the franchise and what they mean um, a thing that I was interested before you saw this film is now there are areas where, you know, I lean into the fact that I can reference snooty things that Vaughn can't reference. When it comes to action <laughs> cinema, Vaughn knows so much more than I do um, and is so much more versed in this. So I was really intrigued, and, and Jack is as well. I feel like Vaughn has like really lent into recently, and yep. more than recently, some really diverse, fascinating action cinema that is beyond me and I'd love to watch. And I was really interested with my boss baby eyes. Okay. Um, now that you've seen Into the Matrix and you've seen what films can be, if that would add to or detract from your John Wick experience because it is so much a collection of inspirations and I was really 
uplifted in your review of you used your now wider kind of like Lexus yeah. and action cinema to be like it's doing this doing this but it's great this is great so can you talk about the wider action influences on John Wick then that our viewers may not be aware of and that I'm not aware of yeah like I think it's so incredibly additive to the films like and I even mm. I do mention it in my review of like all of this influence is such a treat for like action fans because it's it makes a very specific point to like point it out to you and it's it knows what it's doing and it's like this is an homage to this and this and this and it wants you to know that and it wants you to understand that because it is having so much fun with it and it wants you to have just the same amount of fun with it but it's Mm. also not like taking that away from people who aren't in that world like because these films are you know hollywood blockbusters and i don't expect (laughs) they don't expect everyone in america to have seen all of these decades of action cinema and all of this Hong Kong stuff. And I don't think that there's anything that you miss out on, but it is really enriching and additive. And it's just, there's so much, there's so many awesome reference points here. Um, I think it's especially starting with, I think chapter three, it's like these films are so like Hong Kong inspired um, by like that eighties Hong Kong stuff, Um, which is kind of like, I, I would say probably most frequently like kind of this, this center touchstone point for like people who are who are really into action and i know mm. jack's much more versed specifically in the hong kong stuff than than i am yeah. but yeah there's so many great reference points there and i watched um the killer recently which is like such mm. a such a huge inspiration for this i one. have there's, that at home yeah you watch, i haven't watched it yeah i watched man of tai chi instead i was like should i watch man of tai chi or the killer and jack told me to watch man of tai chi <laughs> so watch man of tai chi <laughs> and man of tai chi is really interesting as well it's like such a it's cool really like Keanu Reeves like taking his own experiences being an action star and like yeah. kind of inverting it in this interesting way and like dissecting what like if the, the Truman Show was a Chinese <laughs> right like yeah, this exactly. corporatization of of action and and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, there's there's just so many great reference points in in this movie and it's it's got so many like I think just all of the characters and like you said like it takes Donnie Yen who is this decades long action star in Hong Kong mm. and it like it knows that he is that and it's not trying to. And I would just say this podcast has no idea if that man has any opinions at all. Mm. No idea. I don't know if Donnie has any opinions. I presume he has no opinions. I presume yeah. he's not said anything, anything <laughs> no. about Hong Kong no. or anything about, about the protests and, yeah. in Hong Kong. Um, I just was suddenly aware that's like a hypocrite because I was like calling out um, <laughs> Zachary Quinto. Zachary <laughs> Quinto from Shazam. You know, Zachary Quinto. Um, better movie. Better movie. Zachary Quinto's Shazam. What's that guy called? Mr. Zachary Levi. What was that TV show that he was Zachary in? Levi. Zachary Levi. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was about to say he was in the TV show Suits. Chuck. What TV show was Chuck. It? Chuck. There you go. Chuck. I now pronounce you Chuck. He was in and I pronounce you Chuck. Um, so yeah, if I were going to call out him, we should probably call out um, Donnie Yen as well. So yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's problematic that's faves. Um, but yeah, like he's he's so great as that character, and like I I love that it takes these these influences because it's also like a very hong kong thing to have these heroes who are um i don't know like the the uh like politically friends, correct but enemies like or... no more just like the um i i, I want to like i don't want to say the the wrong thing but i guess like impaired just, like you've got like these hong kong movies which i, I haven't seen i mean just like um, the social pariahs thing. in general of mm. like the the, the outcast the downtrodden yeah. the the down their luck the world weary it's I, I think he's so good i think donnie Yen is the best part of this film for me oh definitely um, and i was i was reticent about that because there are a few bits of this film which i i think are rooted in badness and i still think the critique holds but are done really cool i think both of and that's donnie yen and scott adkins characters of at the center of them that are 
characters built around things that are, are not great, but what they facilitate in the film is actually really, really interesting yep. and is not treated as a joke that it is to begin with. Yep. So the Donnie Yen stuff, there is certainly a thing about impairment there that perhaps isn't the best of ideas, but because he is such a brilliant mover and because he can move in such amazing ways, it unlocks just a, just the way that he just contorts his body around oh, yeah. was was it's, nothing short of mesmeric. That bit in, the, I think the Kyoto scene is one of the weaker scene, one relatively weaker scenes. But when he puts those doorbells out, and does that thing? So it just, it, it's astonishing. Yeah, I think it's I mean, one of like expectations about these sort of characters as well. Mm, like it's yeah. definitely pulling from things like Zatoichi, um, and yeah. like all of those yeah. Zatoichi films. Uh, like the general thrust is like oh, there's a blind man in town. He's not going to... I can just bully him. I can do whatever I want. And Zatoichi always gets the upper hand because it's Zatoichi. And he's this trained fighter, trained masseuse. And mm. I feel like uh, Donnie Yen's character is, is leaning into a bit of that. I mean, he's got like a bit of world-weary history to him. And obviously, yeah. he's got the reputation yeah. that precedes him as he walks into any room. But there is still a bit of that as as we, the viewers of the audience, just watching this this man with a cane walking through town and then and then it clicks it's, into it's, action and it's just sort of like I'm I'm not expecting this I but that's just it's down like watching Attack of the Clones when Yoda just like exactly Yoda man, yeah where Yoda, where Yoda, Yoda man. Out. it's mm-hmm. it's just like that it's yeah just it's, like it's definitely yeah it's such a great and like that's like the first thing where it's like oh like we're we're calling to like so many different things because that's definitely like a huge like Hong Kong trope as you've got like stuff like crippled Avengers yeah. or um, yeah. Like I, even something I talked about on the show a couple episodes ago, like um, the blade, where like the character has, has only has one arm and has to learn how to fight yeah. that way, and it's like that's like a common thing, and it's like that's just what they what they went with with this character, and I think he he plays that so amazingly well, where it's like totally believably, um, and and he just moves so eloquently and like it's like his um, character in, it's just in uh, Rogue One, Rogue One, as yeah. Well. yeah, yeah, where he's yeah, um, yeah, so. So he's absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. I will say the the and to be parody of, of self, the 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 datification of of media continues. Yeah. Um, the the women as daughters underpinning. It, it, yeah, that it just did annoy me in the film. Sure, I will be sure. honest; it is really irritating, um, especially when it's compounded with John Wick being ultimate wife guy. There is this yeah, sense of sure, un, sure. Un, un, underpinning femininity to uh. to give men an emotion that can spur them on in combat. And even like the only woman that gets a chance to fight, she must still be limited by her being a daughter mm. of men and, yeah. and exists as that thing. Um, that's hope, a, that's annoying. I'm hoping in that that ballerina spinoff and things they're setting up in the future, they give them. Um, uh, what is fantastic... the ballerina spinoff? What is that? I think it's based um, that... around the. It was in. I think it's in. Cha- yeah, it's in chapter three. I think when he goes to the um, the Ruscaroma like ballet school that they're in, like, and I think okay. it's based around that setting. And I think is it Anade Armas is like the the lead in that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And obviously, because there's a stinger totally scene wrong, at the but... end of this that they're they're well, setting you've up. Gotta be careful when you tease that Anade Armas is in a movie because if she's not, you get sued. So you've got to be careful about that. What was that I again? I've already forgotten which one that was. In, in Yesterday, when she was in the trailer for oh, Yesterday, and they won right. a court case. They won a court <laughs> case for damages because she was that. cut. Because she, her role was cut out of the film. And people say, we want to see this. We thought Anadamas was in this. Um, and yeah, there you go. They should have actually cut her out of um, Blonde instead. Sounds <laughs> 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 like great. Two, yeah. Five minutes of Two movie. minutes long. Would have been a better movie. Fantastic <laughs> screensaver. Oh, yeah. Um, 
we're, we're deep into John Wick 4 now. We're, we, we've accidentally stumbled in. We're deep in it. It's, it's, a, it's a little... I mean, I guess if we want to briefly just... Since we've been just kind of talking about, like, the, the stars of these these films, I think, like, to jump mm. back briefly to Chapter 3, like, that was the, the film, I think, that really, like, jump-started that, where the, the previous two films were, like, not that anyone in them wasn't, like, an action star, but it was, like, kind mm. of just taking, taking Hollywood actors and... Alfie Allen, action star. <laughs> right. Um, and they, obviously, they went through rigorous training, and it's, like, it's still very well executed and choreographed. Mm, yeah. It's, like, Chapter 3 is, like, they're, like, okay, let's get actual like pull from the world of martial artists and, and get these <laughs> Halle Perry and her dogs um but like <laughs> chapter three starring um the the two guys from the raid um yeah who are just incredible and I almost wish they had gotten more um screen time in chapter three mm. but that that final sequence with them and then um, Mark Dacascos as well who is awesome in chapter three mm. um and I think his character is so great as like a guy who's just like obsessed with John Wick and is like a huge <laughs> fanboy fan <laughs> which is like yeah. yeah it's just so great um but like that final sequence in chapter three is is and re-watching chapter three before four was like that final sequence i think for me is like what really cemented like oh th these are like so in tune with their influence and like the hong kong mm -hmm. stuff um, the indonesian like stuff when, like yeah, yeah and there's that sequence i think when he's fighting the guys from the raid where like he gets thrown through like just glass case after glass case and it's just like glass shattering and glass shattering i'm like oh that's like such a such a hong kong thing of just like let's just shatter all the glass like very like police story like jackie chan yeah, stuff yeah. and it's so good and so like finding that influence is like just just makes it so much more fun to watch but when it happens in the gray man you hate it well the gray man sucks <laughs> <laughs> oh that's why sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I forget that um yeah the this this film's really good at like realizing that john wick doesn't really matter and it, and it just puts characters around him yeah um, i alluded to this a while ago and i keep going back to this but it you know it, it preston certifies it it is the every other character is a character within 30 seconds mm -hmm. and they're fun yeah. and they're interesting Absolutely. Yeah. and they're just like they are you know on screen great I, I forget who the guy is that plays that 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 nobody tracker character oh shamia anderson. anderson yeah yeah he's he's, he's really cool yeah. really different Wing it's Chun just Martel like Artists. everyone else is, is punch and kicking there's a bit of punch kicking but it's that just like tactical dog just get my rifle got my dog it's like the video game dead to right for the three people that know what that is write us in but, send us an email if you know what that is yeah but again that's right it's when you're a cop and you have a dog and you can set your dog on people oh, okay. um and you can make it bite testicles so that's so good and, stuff go for the nuts steve's quick my quick aside i think that's very purposeful this this film is is also very video game literate in the same way yes that it absolutely is, um, yeah, yeah. literate 100 i think mm. the dead to right stuff is on purpose um but i only think that because there is legitimately a hotline miami sequence did in you this see film. it's actually not hotline miami it's a game called hong kong massacre is like the mm. which it would i mean yes, it's but, obviously it's building off is, of hotline miami as like a, a genre thing. Is also influence no absolutely but it's like i think um chad stahelski like actually like said like this is the game that i was basing that off of and like watching videos of that game i was like oh it's like one-to-one -one versus like hotline miami being a little yeah. bit different but I, I, jack have you played hotline miami 
No, but I have seen videos and I know that the oh, top you down. Do. It's, abs- yeah. it's absolutely great. But the thing that makes it more like Hollow Miami to me, and I've not played Hollow Miami, but it's it's of the genre, yeah. is the, the cool about Hollow Miami is it's just one shot, one kill. Mm-hmm. And it's that thing of being like, bam, bam, bam. Mm. And when there's that crane that just like the camera goes all the way up and it's top down. Yeah. And then it's so just it's... shot, 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 shot. Moving, moving from room yeah. to room shot, to shot. room. It's so good it's just that classic thing of how him is interesting of he's worked for some rooms and how can we make that look dynamic yeah. and different three hours into the movie yeah. it's just like yeah, what yeah. if we do this and we keep it going and it never feels that craft is getting in the way it never feels no. like let's do a long take to really show off like extraction the film is not very good and it has that long right. take probably for you for the whole way of like you're doing this for the sake of it because yeah, you'll be like, like we have a 12 minute cut Right, it's like it very much it like it sets it up, and it's like, and now the cut starts, and it's like, and and John Wick Four, it's like I've seen it twice now. It's like the first time I watched it, like I didn't even really notice until yes, like the end of that so, scene where I was like, fluid, oh, is this just been it? like an unbroken mm-hmm. take? And then like watching it the second mm-hmm. time, I was watching for it, and I'm like, oh, it's just it's so fluid the way it moves through all of it. It's just yeah. like mm-hmm. you barely notice it, and I think that's like the biggest step up between Chapter Three and Chapter Four is, mm-hmm. and I I really really love Three, but like. There's there's a there's a little bit of like staginess to three that I don't like. It's like my only nitpick, where it very much does like it sets these things up and it feels a little bit too set up in three, um, especially like yeah. the, I think the the Casablanca sequence with the dogs, like mm. you very oh, you, can, you can very clearly tell that like they have to set up very specific things to get the dogs to like execute the moves and it's like they take those same ideas and put them in chapter four but it's way more fluid and there's never a point where I'm like where I'm seeing through it and finding the setup. So I think it's just like, they, they really understand, like they took those notes from their own, their own work. And I'm like, how do we improve this? And let's put a dog in again, but we'll do it even better this time. <laughs> it's a really cool movie. It's really, really cool movie. I mean, I, what's your, of, of the three sequences then. So you've got um, Kyoto, um, Berlin and Paris basically is what, what the film is built around yeah. mm. um, as I've said before I think Kyoto is comparatively the weaker because there were points of the Kyoto one where I, was, I felt like it was drawn out a little bit um, when it's just yeah. a few too many floors and staircases this, there are singular fights in Kyoto that I think are absolutely brilliant I really mm. like the the cane showdowns mm. of, nunchuck of, 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 in the glass really, nunchuck the nunchucks are great, are great. <laughs> But I think it's just the daddy-daughter stuff in that I just don't care for. And their Mm. characters feel like they're just adding stuff to it that isn't unnecessary. Mm. Um, The Berlin one's the shortest one. But Um, it's the most interesting one. It's it's compact. Oh, that that, that card table scene before. I mean, (laughs) unbelievably fun. Yeah, so now we've got his whole killer Jack and I's chance to talk about Scott Adkins. So there you go. I've set you up. Talk talk about your your friend from Birmingham, I think. My big friend, Scott Adkins. Yeah, I... So I'd avoided all the trailers for this, but I knew he was in this, and I was like, cool, this is awesome. Because I, like, Atkins has had uh, a pretty strong career, but it's always been, like, director video, director streaming, yeah. like, stuntman jobs, like, background fighter, stuff like that. He's not really yeah, had, like, he's... his big, like, a big hollywood break yeah this he's, feels like he's that. huge in like the world of of people who are interested in this stuff like who yeah. are into stunts and martial arts and like he's like mm. kind of the biggest like mm. new name in that area at this point i think but yeah he never has had like that that starring moment where like he is he is at front and center in like one of these movies and so it was so cool to like what? see him right there Mm. What I really like is to be thinking about that new A24 trailer for Stop Making Sense when I'm watching a, um, a martial arts movie. Um, and I, I, I enjoy that as I see Scott Atkins in his comically large suit. I'm like, <gasps> like David Byrne! Amazing. Imagine David Byrne in this movie. I'd watch that. I'd watch a Stop Making Sense of 
remake with uh, Adkins doing some impressive <laughs> like kicks and flips mm. on stage while David Burns running yeah. circles around him. Yeah, all around the world. Here we go. Anyway, tell me actually about. Sorry, I interrupted. You <laughs> Please tell me about um, your view and Scott Adkins in this movie. So you didn't know he was going to be in it, and when you I saw, saw him... I, I, I knew he was going to be in it. Uh, I thought it'd be a larger. But maybe that's just because well, I yeah. have uh, been like mainlining Scott Adkins for like, the past couple of years now, and just being right. like, <laughs> like we're oh, like, Adkins, yeah, Scott he, Adkins is a I'm star. I'm like, he is—he's the biggest star on the planet because I keep watching these direct-to-video right. Isaac Florentine <laughs> films on Tubi. You know, Jesse V. Johnson—he works with all the time, and these these are like the pioneers of this style of direct-to-video um, Hong Kong action, well staged, well choreographed, well shot, and then. I was like, hmm, when is he going to turn up? And then he turns up in in Berlin and he's just, he's mugging up a storm. He's he's, he's whistling through this German accent. It's slipping back into Brummy every five <laughs> seconds. But um, and you're just waiting he's for, cards. you're just waiting for the, the kicks and the, the punches to start flying. But when they do, it's it's a different side of Atkins. It's really, really cool. Yeah, I've definitely never seen anything quite like it from him in, in the stuff mm. of his that i've that i've watched and it's just like it's so great like you can tell like he's he's so influenced by like that hong kong stuff as well and it's it's oh, yeah, definitely yeah. his his role here is very very um sammo hung inspired and he totally mm. leans into that of like even with the action as well and i don't know how much like, of that is like him and like working with mm. with the but yeah, it's like he's he's definitely going for like I am going to emulate like the Samo stuff and like pull from the, from those kind of action scenes and and what Which he's is done so, for. It's it's so strange to me to, to think like uh, they have this. I mean, like outside of John Wick Four, Atkins has a very uh, similar style from movie to movie. I'd say it's yeah. very like those undisputed sequels. It's very MMA. It's very kickboxy. Um, it's very athletic. And here it's more about like. Uh, brute physicality it's more about yeah. like, upper body strength it's more about uh the body as a tool as a weapon itself i mean you are right to to link him to samo um but me being not as big into the um hong kong stuff the thing that he reminds me of loads is mike hagar from final fight um he ha- he has that um oh you don't know my i don't, I don't know what down. that is you, he's he's <laughs> Okay, Google Mike Hagar. Oh, it's a Street Fighter character. Street Fighter. He's also in Street Fighter, but he's but he's from Final Fight, and he's he's the president. You play as him, but he's like a a drop kicking president. Um, and when I think slow drop kicks, I think Mike Hagar, and he's got that kind of like I'm just big, muscly dude that's going to drop kick you very very slowly, and I just enjoy that greatly. I I see what you mean. Yeah. No. (laughs) Unfortunately. Jack and I can't, can't show up for your Chad video game. Uh, I got nothing on there, Stephen. Sorry, but yeah, Sammo Hung does love a drop kick, and I love watching Sammo Hung drop kick, and I love watching Scott Atkins do a Sammo Hung drop kick. So yeah. And then finally, we have Paris. Then, which sadly is not in Pompidou, which is a shame. But I do like the 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 visual given by the over city and the sun rising. Lovely, lovely, lovely. This whole sequence is absolutely absolutely brilliant. That fight around the art triumph is yeah just incredible uh, yeah. just uh yeah it's wild. You, just, you can't imagine how they'd one up really but um they mm. do and take a different uh take the action oh, in a different direction intercutting is so yeah. fun there's so much gray um just like cross-cutting in in, in this yeah. movie in general <laughs> but mm. especially in in this sequence it's just like cross-cut so brilliantly it's just like oh, all bam 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 dj is so cool the radio know, like all the stuff, paris stuff yeah. is is 
is incredible but i think like what makes it even more incredible is it's like you get everything before it and you go wow like this is it's really (laughs) this movie is really like executing on this stuff it's a real step up from Mm -hmm. chapter three and like this is this is the peak of john wick and then you get to paris and there's like still an hour left in the movie yeah Yeah. there is it's it's somehow right it's somehow it still one-ups everything that it's already Mm. done before it's just it's yeah bringing back the car stuff is is fantastic because i feel like the car stuff was much bigger and like the especially the first movie and then there was some a lot of car stuff in chapter two as well and i feel Mm. like three kind of drops that and so like bringing that back and like making it such like a centerpiece of the action here is just like oh so great really really love these sequences and the the step sequence has alluded to (laughs) is just such a great visual gag of he's going to fight up these stairs all the way up and then gets kicked down is 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 great such a like a visual metaphor for the film as well like this whole uphill struggle thing and it's like this is the final bit i've just got to get to the church on time for my wedding church on time yeah yeah didn't these yeah we were all singing modern love um (laughs) but i mean Maybe I wasn't, you know, could be paying more attention to the plotting of John Wick. My my narrative brain doesn't go. I thought the idea was they both had to be there. Yeah, um, at sunrise. At sunrise. But yeah. weren't they like? Because they were like, mm, John Wick's not turned. I'm like, yeah, yo, your mate's not turned up either. So I don't see what you're celebrating. Like he's also not there. I thought that was part of the deal. Oh, that's true. Oh, because because Kane's fighting with him. Oh, yeah, Kane but I think down, like down the stairs with him. I think maybe because Kane was like his proxy, isn't he still okay. there? I don't know. It's like <laughs> yeah, I think like I mean, this he was going like to cheat anyway. He was still going to cheat. Like it doesn't really matter. He's still going to take the gun and the dueling pistol stuff is so funny. Like it's uh, like all like this over the top, like over exaggerated action for the past three hours, and it comes down to like this gentlemanly agreement of like pistols yeah. at dawn. It's like so that, funny. That whole sequence is like again. such a it's like such a litmus test for like where you're at for like the John Wick movies because it's like if, if you, you can, take this seriously, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you can buy John Wick climbing up those stairs falling down them several times yeah. and just like dusting it off and walking back up them again so he can do a pistol well, it's like thing, just, he gets whatever, like you know? thrown out of like a fifth story building just yeah. like, oh, I'm I know. Right, i'm gonna fall yeah. up some stairs like cool all right it's all right i've got some kevlar uh, in the lining of my suit it's fine scott adkins your best friend falls off like one oh. staircase and dies take <laughs> my teeth out Jeez. Tough fall. Yeah. That is a death. Yeah, oh that yeah, they take his tooth. Part of me was yeah. watching the third act and I was like, nah, they're going to bring Scott Adkins back. Just for me. They're going to bring him back. He's got like a twin. He's got a twin. <laughs> uh, the dueling pistols. The, the pistols at dawn bit is brilliant, um, but the movie it reminded me of the most is The Princess Bride of the... Oh, right. it, it felt like at the end it's like, well, I also have a secret. I'm not left-handed, man. It, it has it's that classic. kind of vibe like, of that one jewel of The I, Princess Bride. That, um, just walking oh, up the stairs wonderful. with Donnie Yen being like, okay, so what we're going to do is... <clears throat> shoot me twice <laughs> and then on the third one you shoot and then i know he's gonna cheat so that i'm gonna have a bullet and then it's fine okay we're here Shh, yeah. let's go let's go let's go it is it is all so i'll good. be honest for me it is all a bit too convenient it is all a bit like nothing the film as vaughn quoted says consequences a lot i wish it didn't because this film feels like it has no consequences at all nothing really matters that much um it is a little bit too much bow on for me but it is fun so i can't hate it too much i think like i mean i think it establishes a degree of precedent for a lot of this stuff not that that doesn't make it any less like convenient because obviously you basically watch it him is. not only have the cake and eat it but make the cake first <laughs> like but it's such I a mean, delicious even, looking cake and even exactly, like and I, like, I like that he's eating it, he's doing it. 
even like the stair sequence like i think there's a bit of a departure from like the the first couple of movies where it's like when you would have like all right he's got a gun and they established that the gun has six bullets in it and he's gonna yeah. fire six bullets and you can count the bullets and it's like they kind of abandon that here with like mm-hmm. he's falling down the stairs and they're like right you've got when two minutes go and then five minutes later he makes it up and it's sunrise and it's like i'm not sure that really works out but you just kind mm-hmm. of have to like let it go i think there's I think the duel is like the the established precedent to me that I can that I can draw is I think yeah. it's chap it might be chapter three I can't remember which one it is but there's the sequence where he's about to be excommunicado and he goes to the doctor to get sewn up and the doctor's like they're gonna know that you were here past the time so shoot me but shoot me to a point where I'll survive <laughs> and he Please. hits him like at a very specific point and I feel like the this sequence like where um Kane and John shoot each other kind of mirrors that where like they're mm. intentionally shooting each oh, other so in places that, that, that John Wick isn't dead is what you're telling me no I mean dead. I think that's that's their out is is that they've established that potentially he is alive and I don't I think that's very intentional and there's also no. people that have pointed out that like at the very end in the cemetery the the dog has like a little like look no. of like maybe he sees John, but the like dog a has a look. Oh, <laughs> Sherlock reveal oh, would be like, I want him to punch through the coffin. Dog. I want him to punch through the coffin I mean, under the ground like Bruce Lee fights back from the grave. Telegraph performances of recognitions from dogs. You can watch me. I'm not saying that I'm of a fan of that because Keanu Reeves is probably the producer on the I, set in the corner. The dog's just like, oh look, it's Keanu Reeves. I'm not saying that I agree or like want that to be the case. I want John. <laughs> to be to be gone for if good because i think in, this you is... can see kind of raise reflected <laughs> in the dog's eye i think this is a, a very good wrap-up for his story but i think that Love they it. have um, intentionally established uh, an out for themselves not that i think they so really yeah need let's to, let's but... let's gear down from from john wick we've been <clears throat> we've been in fifth gear i've been in fifth gear um let's go back to neutral and let's put the brakes on we'll go all the way back to first gear and oh no that that gear is far too low we better <laughs> Oh, gear, no. gear up for Gran, Gran Turismo. Turismo. Oh, Jack, welcome to a podcast within a podcast. Gear up for Gran Turismo, <laughs> your latest. I can't um, drive. Let's it's, it's, let's it's have a fun. Treat the street. You you can't drive, can't but drive. you can listen. I can. And I'm riding want... shotgun, baby. You're riding shotgun, and you don't need to drive because Gran Turismo can do all the driving for you. Now, a lot has happened um, between last episode and this episode, and we should probably actually talk about the results of last episode, actually. I forgot about that. Um, uh, we'll get to that after we gear up. Let's okay, finish cool. gearing up, and then we'll, we'll Yeah, let's on. finish gearing up. Um, <laughs> Vaughn, uh, speaking of gearing up, Vaughn, do you drive an automatic? Yeah. Oh, God, is this weird for you? Is what weird? Playing Gran Turismo? Gears? No, gearing up. They oh, gearing the idea up. of gears. <laughs> like I don't, like I don't know what it means. <laughs> well, no, is it weird for you? Like you, don't, you don't gear up. Uh, no, I don't gear up. But yeah. it made it was a good, it, it was a good title for the you, segment. Like a, is regular, really like a re- regular crazy bear, but like a regular uh, crazy bear. gear, I guess. Um, okay, so first of all, um, we had some great insight about maybe the Nuremberg Ring might not be in this, but maybe a famous South African circuit may be in the movie, which is uh, quite tempting. Um, a bit of an insight there. We heard that uh, there is apparently a great episode, and great is in quotes here, in the biggest of quotes, of the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> oh my god. Neil Blomkamp on it, which apparently <laughs> no reveals way. a lot of weird stuff about oh. Neil Blomkamp. We've been told by very good friend, best friend of the show, Lorcan, that apparently it is 
illuminating about our oh, yeah. podcast. Um, I feel, I, I I was listening? No, I forgot that I had said, yeah. oh great, I need to listen to this now. I have not, but I guess I should uh, I should commit to the bit yeah. and, and listen to it. I that. saw you saying that, which was like, well, I guess I don't have to then, so I, I, <laughs> I refuse. And you know... Me I probably Neil should refuse on moral grounds, but uh, I'm more committed Neil to Blomkamp up for Gran Turismo. <laughs> Neil Blomkamp yeah, on the I'm... Joe Rogan talking about the paradox of free will. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Know, well, right, we'll see how we'll see how far I get into it. Absolutely not. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Might actually, I, I, it might become full Porsche Raider if I'm like actually. I don't want to watch this movie anymore because I now dislike this. <laughs> I'm too, yeah, too, too come deep back next the time. Maybe we'll shut down this entire segment. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Shut down the production. <laughs> Send it off to Elysium Fields. Um, but before that, Vaughn, how's Gran Turismo going? Um, so I, I played a full hour of Gran Turismo directly before we recorded this podcast. <laughs> so you got a couple of laps in then, I guess? Um I did like four or five races. Um, Boo! I still don't like this game. I, I don't like it. I still have my my little. I think it's like a what license you got. I don't know. I don't. I don't like know. an A license. Drivers. I don't know how the licenses work. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I am the playing... car wash and it play, plays some little like electronic jazz at you. See, I'm playing sports, so I don't know how the difference is uh, oh, compared cool. to the other games. Well, again, Stephen, it was the one that was twenty dollars and not a full game. Yeah. <laughs> I might need some help from YouTube text other people to help me get a PlayStation One. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, and right, yeah. a yeah. copy of Gran Turismo One. I got you. Yeah, that I could okay. play. I got you. I got you. Oh, Easy. tell me how to do that. I'll tell you off, Mike. Absolutely. It's called Gone eBay. <laughs> we'll help you out. <laughs> I would like. I would like to play Gran Turismo One and do. Um, I might have more fun with that than I am with sport. Mm. Um, I thought you could be like, can you, I need you to help me set up this USB steering wheel and pedal system that I've oh, bought. That would be would much like better. Yeah. I want I by the end of that. before the film, I want you to have this whole this whole room you're sat in dedicated to Gran Turismo, where you're sat there in one of those <laughs> gaming chairs and oh yeah, like one of those big giant like setups, <laughs> and they have like three I do have TVs. A fight stick somewhere so that I like used a... in my like big Street Fighter days. Like I got so into fighting games that I got to fight stick levels. So maybe I will get so into mm. Gran Turismo that. I will get a racing wheel. Rather you than me. I doubt it's got a racing wheel. Or you can rig your car up. He reviewed Gran Turismo 7. He still talks about that. He's now currently playing Gran Turismo 2 on his phone. He went back. Oh, you can play on your phone. Yeah, I think he's got an Android emulator. (laughs) Android, He's playing Gran Turismo and he's now posting about how it's reminded him how much better they are than Gran Turismo (laughs) Take us back to the good old days of Gran yeah, Turismo it is, it is. Make make Gran Turismo great again. He's got like you know, oh, no. it's too modern game design to held like it's like it's what was that? It's like a Skyward Sword, like too much hand holding. <laughs> he wants he wants to drive around in a in a beaten up Ford Focus or a KA for like twelve hours. And I, I agree. Just, I just don't get it. I don't get the I don't get the game. I don't get the appeal of of Gran Turismo. I can't get into it. There's just nothing there well, for me. I feel like I'm just, segment, so. I have committed to a lengthy segment. I will remain committed to it, and I will still I will yeah. keep playing this game. Probably continue to play it for about an hour before we record. <laughs> um, but I just it's My. just like it's you're driving really slow in a terrible yeah. car on a yeah. course that feels like you should be driving much faster on it. Yeah. And there's really fun, exciting music playing, but you're not driving yeah, fast yeah, and yeah. you're not having fun. 
Um, so it's just not. <laughs> I, I, it's not I agree with all of that until you said you're not having fun. Because I was like, yeah, loving this. So it's just like this, a very vanilla this. driving simulator. It's not like a proper racing game where you're going at breakneck speed. You are well, just driving. The thing well, is, it's, would, it's, well, Jack, that's where I would say that's like a prop. That's why it's a proper driving yeah, simulator. Yeah, it's too you proper. Can't just go at breakneck <laughs> speeds. You need I, to drive carefully and civilly. Oh God, this like also, this is the the, the yeah. Am I am I playing the game wrong, or can I not reverse in these games? Because I earlier I was playing and I crashed into a wall, and I did and my game over. What I thought would work, and well, I hold, hold down break. Yeah, and that didn't do anything. I didn't uh, go anywhere. Well, Gran Turismo Five, I think, was famous because it needs to come out, and it was roundly mocked at the time because the X button was still the accelerate button, and people were like. You have triggers on your controllers now. We like the nice and like a throttle. Why is X still the go button in Grasshopper? And they're like, no, it's always been go. It's always and been X, X. Will be go. So who maybe reverses like clicking the right stick or something? Well, so I lost the race because that. of it because I didn't know how to reverse. So I'm pretty mad about it. If it was it. Forza, it would let you just like rewind. But no, you hit that wall and therefore, bam. It's not. I don't. I don't want. I, would, I just want to be playing Forza instead. Because I like the game way more. Uh, I want to go fast around a cool track. Gotta go yeah, fast. This like isn't Mexico Sonic. Or that's this isn't well. Sonic. Um, anyway, Gran Turismo sucks. That's, that's the okay, end of the segment give, for this week. Get back down. Beep, 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 beep. Gran Turismo sucks. The movie probably rule. Neil Blomkamp seems like a bad dude. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan cameo. Yeah, tune in next yeah. time to find out if the segment yes. continues Turns at out all. The guy that I made a movie go... with D'Antwerp is not a great guy. Who would have thought? D'Antwerp. Just name not just cities. You know? The Belgium. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's my, my spin off band. Well, obviously, I'm not doing a spin off <laughs> yeah, band. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. I'm not doing that, don't worry. Yes, we are. But if I did, uh, no. Um, anyway, we've geared back down. So, Vaughn, who won? Well, let's pull up the final results. Uh, Bearing in mind that I did say on the podcast that yours was better than mine. <laughs> you did. And unfortunately, so I guess for those who who may not have who may have missed our Oscar special or mm. did not tune in for our Oscars draft special, mm. um, Stephen and I drafted some Oscars picks um, into our own individual teams, and then we, we had applied you... a weird rule where Crouching Tiger wasn't allowed, despite the fact that it yeah, was. Well, so that was fun. <laughs> was, we were all, we were doing it all on the fly, so um, and we had you the, the listeners vote on whose yeah. whose final list was better. And the final results are that Stephen has won. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen has won 66% to 33%, which I am very disappointed by. I am surprised, honored, Um, flattered. Stephen, Uh, I I, I can't prove that Stephen didn't um, gain the system here because he did submit four (laughs) blank votes. um, And he could have submitted a bunch for himself, I don't know. (laughs) But on the off chance that people actually have voted for Stephen above me, um, thank you. I'm Thank very you. disappointed. Um, my list was Thank better. <laughs> I mean, I agree. Your list was better, but I also, you know, it's, it's about how you present it. Oh, maybe it's all in the, it's all in the telling, really. Isn't yeah, it? you did go for the film bro vote, so maybe that's. that's... I did. <laughs> we have a lot of. Didn't know we had a big film bro contingent. Uh, maybe we do. Maybe we did. Maybe we had no idea. Maybe all of our listeners are huge film bros. <laughs> Sorry, it's Joe Rogan voting in. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Sorry, Neil Blomkamp, <laughs> for listening. Um, sorry that I insulted you. Or did I? I don't really know. So there you go. Um, <laughs> do we have any other segments, or are we segmented out? 
Uh, I think that's um, we don't have any mail this week, um, so I think that leaves us with recommendations. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, Stephen pulls out his phone. <laughs> just looking at movies. Look at his diary. Just gonna, just gonna watch a movie real quick. <laughs> Can't just talk about no bears again. I like no bears too much. Uh, well, there's some stuff here that's going to be spoke about on stacks. There's mm. no point. Mm. Mm, I did watch the movie called Crazy Bear. <laughs> Talked about that already. I don't know if you're going to recommend that. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Could recommend hmm, Escape from the Planet of the Apes. That movie's pretty good. Let from a known woman I've talked about elsewhere. Um, <laughs> Two okay. podcasts. I am going to recommend. I'm going to take a, an abrupt turn, and okay. I'm going to recommend a movie from the year of my birth. Um, 1992, which apparently is an excellent okay. year for movies. Um, I, this may surprise listeners. I'm the most patriotic of people. Oh, God. Um, I don't really feel a sense of Britishness, but weirdly, I am very attached to our national cinema um, and how it's expressed, how the nation and the sense of being British and cultural. Oh, Stephen's British recommending Spice World this week. Is, is, yeah, <laughs> is presented through um, Queen's cinema, Corgi. Because. I feel that I'm going to keep talking, shut up. <laughs> I feel that um, most of these films are willing to realise that part of British culture and embracing being British is is critical and critical of structures and things and I feel like I'm mostly against nationalism and patriotism because there should be a standard of no your country should be at a level that supports you and is good and should make you proud of it as opposed to being like hoorah country um but there is this kind of like school of really interesting british directors who make very quintessentially british feeling films about like the sadness and melancholy of what it's like the longing and very kind of like working class or low middle class experiences and i'm going for the long day closes um a film by Terence Davis, who mm. who I think is, a, is an excellent filmmaker. He made Benediction um, last year, which really stunned me. An absolutely brilliant film as well. Um, long Day Closes is my favourite film of his that I've seen. It's 85 minutes long. Um, it is a... You know the movie Belfast? Mm, yeah. Sadly. Well, Kenneth Branagh clearly watched this movie and was like, what if I just took all the art out of it? Um, it is very descriptively similar is in like a young boy coming of age in a working class part of a city so here's liverpool um that's obviously belfast and belfast and also <laughs> discovering cinema at the same time and through that uh, but it's it's so unnarrative focused and it's so just just beauty focused in my reviews about like it being about an, an, an imagist poem of it's all about just the clarity of what's on screen what's on screen just means what is on screen it's so great at just picking cinematic images but it's also so technically astonishing this is amazing tracking shot part way through that just the camera just shows someone just swinging back and forth on a rail and they swing and they swing and they swing and their path then becomes the um line of lights that is the projection in a cinema and then the camera keeps going and going and going and then that turns into a classroom and it just 
matches perfectly and that classroom turns into like a church and then it keeps going keeps going keeps going and it's this unbroken brilliant shot made of these wonderful edits that has this wonderful logic about this leads to that and leads to that and it makes a comment on how education at that time is like church conditioning it's quite and it's very critical of the church and it says all that but the images only ever mean exactly what is there and are these just stunning cinema images of the most it's not even evocative cinema, it is just, it is almost literal cinema of just like pure, beautiful imagery that captures life and how life is lived. And I just thought it was absolutely astonishing. And I think both of you would really, really love it. Um, the long day closes. Mm. Yeah, I've yeah been, Terrence... you, you, you were talking a lot about um, Terrence Davies as a director recently and mm. yeah, very interested. Great. I need to, I need to dive yeah, in and check here. some of those out. Benediction also really, really good. It's going to come up. It's got some Stax Buzz around it. Ooh, uh, it's really, really good. I um, love Stax Buzz. <laughs> Speaking of Stax Buzz, Jack. Jack, what do you got? Yeah, so coming off the back of John Wick 4, as I want to do. <laughs> Go back if the long day closes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I rewatched a, a movie. Well, thinking about Chad Stileski, uh, Stephen Gillespie, Chad Gillespie, um, and how he started as a stuntman and started as a stunt, stunt double for Keanu Reeves in the Matrix movies and things like this. I, I've been seeking out, like, what are, like, current stunt people doing? Like, um,. And there's a team. I think they're just called. They're called like uh, the 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 Action Gang, and they've done like loads of like web series and YouTube videos and things like that because that's just where film like small short films go these days. Yeah. And they've got a a film from 2006 called Contour, and it has some of the best action I've I've seen in any movie ever. Um, around the wow. film is like uh, a backyard production of like friends getting together and making a cheap film and it's a bit crass and a bit crude here and there but, vibes. but as soon as they drop into a warehouse and they're kicking punching flipping and doing all sorts of things on no budget with like a dv camera it's just like fantastic uh vaughn i think you'd get like a kick out of it uh, especially awesome. um it's i think okay, it's free fine. it's free online steven you'd, you'd give this one star hate it it's just the worst <laughs> thing you've ever oh, seen nice. i'd uh, give it three stars it's a movie. <laughs> um but yeah like long stretches of just some of the finest choreography you've seen like uh and these guys have gone on to work on like smaller smaller films and things like that but haven't haven't quite got to the john wick 4 level let's say but it's interesting to find people working on this level and trying to see where they're going to progress or even just support like low level stunt people and action choreographers working that aren't going to get the recognition that you know yeah. all the the top dogs are so that's contour from 2006 oh. awesome Vaughn. um i've got a very cool movie that um i think both of you would would really like a lot so this i'm going to recommend on gaku our sound from 2019 oh yes um, which is a Japanese animated movie. Um, and it was made, um, I think it was kind of like a Kickstarter thing. Like it was kind of a crowdfunded film. Um, and then it took them like seven years to animate all of it. Um, but it's kind of a, a combination of like animation and there's some rotoscoping stuff in there. And mm. it's a it's a film about <laughs> these... like the Oscars. He says animation and rotoscoping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like different techniques is what I'm saying. Um <laughs> But it's this film about these these three uh, high school students that get together and decide to just start a band, and I it's so great because the the central conceit of it is like these three guys get together and he's the the main character is just like let's start a band and they're like well we don't none of us know how to play instruments and we're 
terrible at playing music and he's like i don't care let's just start a band anyway because we want to do it and it's fun and so it's like this this whole movie just about like pursuing creative expression because you want to do it because you are passionate about it and the that then when you just are putting your passion into it and then the rest of it will kind of come along the way if you are just Mm -hmm. kind of pouring yourself into it and it's so expressive it's got these this really like the the animation style itself is very simplistic but it has these moments where it becomes just so it, it uses that to become so expressive like through the the music and the creativity and the passion behind it and it's just like my favorite kind of thing where it's a movie about this kind of stuff like about passion and creativity mm. and it's made by people who did whatever they could to get is it is there made a little and, bit of whisper in the through. heart in it perhaps um i guess there's like a little bit of that yeah like i can i can see some some parallels there um another favorite of mine but yeah it's just like such a great movie there's great music and it's just like simple and fun i think it's only like 75 minutes or something like that so nice and quick awesome um, i so, think it's yeah, on criterion so yeah it is check it out. just checked yeah, yeah. so cool. for those that weren't listening that's on back muay thai warrior on back hell also a great yeah. movie yeah watch um, the whole trilogy <laughs> i changed my recommendation john, the next john wick <laughs> please that'd be so good um there you go that that wraps up another episode of i'm thinking of spoiling things you can email at us email at us email with us email to us what pick yes pick whatever all of the above any any and all of um, the above um thinking of spoiling at gmail.com would that love to correct. hear from you for next episode i don't know what next episode is going to be so i can't tell you what the film i don't know there's be. a lot of um, stuff coming out in april may, so I mean, it'll, be, it'll be fun maybe we'll a, maybe a dungeon maybe a dragon there could be a dungeon and a yeah, dragon mentioned. maybe a pipeline um Oh, blow that maybe up! An, maybe an yeah. Ennis Man, Ennis Main, Ennis Main. I apologize. Ennis Main could be Ennis Main. I mean, you wouldn't know unless you've seen the movie. To be fair, oh, okay. Because um, I was calling it Ennis Man, and oh, then okay. someone says Ennis Main, you're like, oh, it's a place. Um, oh, gotcha. So yeah, um, it's it's a place, and that's Cornish dialect. Um, so yeah. Um, those movies will be at least alluded to um, next episode. Um, I've seen two of them already, and you've seen one of them already. Um, people know that I love Ennis Main, and people know that I love Pipeline because my movies are from the site. And you enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I'm fun. very excited to see it because yeah. I like it. will be fun to talk about for sure. I is nerd. Um, Jack, nothing to plug. Um, stacks. You know, you know the stacks. The stacks oh, awards. Yeah, we're recording that <laughs> very soon, so that'll be up on YouTube very soon. Yeah. And oh, Vaughn, we... when is this episode going to post? Um as soon as i can get it up i don't have a specific because this is late now so, <laughs> so okay yeah so when this posts this will be before our next month so get ready for april folks get ready, yeah, for, get ready for a april. whole bunch of ape movies get ready to go ape yeah we'll be monkeying around and watching all sorts yeah, there of there may be time for that to go ape sure um, yeah <laughs> and uh follow me on letterbox at uh, george dav i post lots of <laughs> on there um uh yeah i got nothing you know where i am find me yeah, yeah i find find all of us find vaughn I, th- that would be great don't you can find me just don't steal my words <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Find, find vaughn at other reviews of ritual I was so tempted to go to ChatGPT and be like, ChatGPT, write me a review of Cultural <laughs> in the style of Zebra user from Letterboxd. But then it said you need to log in and make an account. I was like, I'm not giving you my details. Oh, I've so tried. It's actually I've tried. pretty good about it. It'd probably be like, I can't steal someone else's stuff like that. It, it is know. pretty much like that. Because yeah. I was like, can you write a review of like Babe Pig in the City in the style of Stevenage on Letterboxd? And it was like, I can't do that. And I was like, God damn it. This is the only thing <laughs> well, I want you to pe- do. People say that AI is going too far. I say not, not far, far enough. enough. <laughs> 
All right. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, both of you, uh, pleasure as always. Always fun to talk to you Thanks too. Thanks for having me. Um, and we will be back next time spoiling more things. And you, the listener. I think this time <laughs> you were spoiled. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jack, for joining us. Thanks, Thanks Stephen. See you in two weeks. For now, yep. I'm thinking of ending this podcast. That's the most technical counting I think we've ever done. That was wow. That was good. I mean, <clears throat> hopefully we're all recording. Yeah. Yep. Oh crap! I you press record. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you started with jokes. I also pressed record. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is a great intro to the podcast. This is not the intro. This is the pre-intro. Post editor, leave it all in. Editor's me. The end. No, copy this at the end, and they're like, it doesn't cost like it's okay. fading out, and then oh, there's more podcasts here, and they're you know they're having banter and chatting and blah blah. blah. There you go, see?